and welcome to another episode of Cutting Through, a podcast from Aurora Multimedia. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're looking ahead to two trade shows with ISE coming up in May and Infocom in June. I'm joined today by Paul Harris, CEO of Aurora, to talk a little bit more about those trade shows. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the show. So give us a little preview of what Aurora Multimedia is going to be showing off at these upcoming shows here coming up in the spring and summer. Oh, glad yeah. So uh, we're introducing a lot of new technologies, some of which we showed in the prior Infocom, but I know the audience was limited there. However, in this one, we're going to be showing uh, add-ons to it, uh, new variations of touch panels, because control is still uh, a big uh, product out there that needs to be addressed. Uh, except we're doing it with our React engine. We're going to be showing some new uh, processors that do uh, additional scaling at the 4K60, 444 range and special effects. Uh, we're going to be also showing off some new AV over IP products. Uh, VPX is uh, one of my new faves that are going on out there that will do the 4K60, 444 IP streaming mm -hmm. with some new uh, really cool capabilities that uh, people haven't seen before. So quite, quite a few new things. That's, that's really exciting. Now, you mentioned uh, Reacts and DTX. Tell us a little bit more about who these products were designed for. What, what's, the, what's the market for these products? So the market is uh, typically our, our main focus market is commercial AV. That is our number one target market. Mm -hmm. But uh, we do a lot of digital signage. Uh, we do hospitality. We're doing um, medical these days. Yeah. Um, broadcast, we do skimming as well. Pretty much we address just about any market. It, it's, we're really not uh, necessarily tied into one, but probably our strongest markets, hands down, are digital signage, hospitality, and commercial are probably our three. And education. I don't want to leave education out of that. That's another big market. I mean, yeah. I could keep throwing every market I want out there. <laughs> I, I'll take them all. But exactly. yeah, education's another big one for us. I don't want to leave them out. And some of these new products really do go after education really well, mm -hmm. uh, especially the uh, IPX uh, UC1 Ultra and the new touch panels have really uh, hit a home run inside that industry. Talk to us about the booth and the, the importance of being able to come and see things and have conversations with you in person and that sort of thing. Why is that such a valuable thing for, for you and but also for people that attend trade shows? Well, you know, as we saw with COVID, we tried adapting to doing things remotely mm -hmm. as well as locally when possible. The problem, especially with AV, is you can't show the latest TV screen technology on an older technology TV screen. It doesn't work like that. It's only as good uh, as the weakest link, right? Exactly. So. You can't tell how good something sounds unless you hear it with your own ears. Mm -hmm. There's only so far virtual goes. While I am a big fan of certain things that are virtual, there's some things that it just can't achieve, and that is what it's like to hold the product in your hand, what it, the quality of how it feels, uh, the real uh, perspective and proportions of that product. Uh, there's, there's nothing tops an in-person uh, experience uh, because you're in more control of it whereas a lot of times these virtual meetings you're in less control of it and it's just not the same so mm -hmm. I'm glad a lot of them are returning it's long overdue yeah um, I, I like the energy of it I like meeting all the people because it, it's really the people that make it special and it also helps us develop our product because they tell us what's great about it and even what may not be so good about it uh, and then you get to to build upon that so it, it's really goes both ways they're not just learning from you you're learning from them as well and I think that's a, a big bonus. One of the other things about trade shows is you get a lot of people all across the industry all in one room together, and you really get a sense of, oh, man, the industry is really moving in this direction or in that direction. What, what sorts of trends, what sorts of things do you think we will see on display at these shows that, that will kind of um, be the big trends of 2022? Well, part of the big trends, well, first off, the big trend is things are just returning. 
Yeah. So true. right off the bat, it's who has it in stock and who mm -hmm. doesn't. That's probably the biggest trend right now, sorry to say, yeah. but it's who has something in stock. But as far as technology goes, you're going to see a lot more communication technology, ways of trying to still create, because we are in a new world. A lot of companies learn they can save a lot of money with remote workers and keep their spaces smaller. This whole entire COVID incident has really changed the way the world is going to behave now and forever. Yeah. So part of that is going to be the acceptance of doing local and remote. And you need to adapt the two environments to become one. So a lot of the new technologies, even including from us, you're going to see technologies that, that bridge that gap more easily, make it more friendly, and try to make you experience it as if you were there as best as you can. At the end of the day, there's only so much you can do, but when you're having the typical meeting, not about audiovisual products that mm -hmm. you're buying, but when you're just having communication meetings, you do want to make that education experience, uh, whether it's for uh, a high school, whether it's for a college or a corporation, you want to be able to exchange the information as if you were there. And that is the ultimate goal, is creating an experience as if you were there and making it a very immersive experience. You know, talking about education and the industries that you work with and that sort of thing, how has the last two years had an impact on what people are looking for in their products in, in an education sense? Has that changed maybe how people are looking to invest in technology and the products that they're looking for? Well, it does. It, there's uh, been a lot of monies. I mean, the one thing that we did do very well with is uh, the temperature tablets, the Tavis temperature tablets. Right. When that first came out, yeah. that was a home run. We were first to market with it. Mm -hmm. We evolved the technology to a point which I, I do recommend for people to take a look at. It's not just a temperature tablet. It's an entryway experience, as we call it. So if for schools, for example, it will check a part, it will record you for uh, security purposes. It'll also allow you to scan in licenses. It will print your badge fuel, open up the door so they can get in. So it really is that entryway moment where it's not just about taking your temperature or doing other some biometric scan uh, for when you do need it, when that emergency arises, but for everyday use, we gave them a value that makes sense, but then mm. on a minute's notice, boom, turn that feature back on, you're back in business, and you're keeping everybody as safe as you can with the different mechanisms. Uh, the point that we were trying to make back then with that particular example was, uh, while fevers may be a smaller part of this generation of COVID, you never know the next generation, not to mention people do forget the flu. Nearly 100% of the time, you're going to get a fever. Right. Chicken pox, you're going to get a fever. Fifth disease, you're going to get a fever. It's not just about COVID. This is about, uh, we've learned that things can be prevented with certain simple mechanisms. So I do think there's still a big value in that particular market if people properly implement it and get their value back out of it rather than something they're gonna throw in a closet because they think the emergency is over. So that, that's a, a really big thing I've been trying to point out to people, but yeah. that's an example. Now, from there going forward, then it became about how do we address people with the remote communications and so forth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of different things that we, where the technology's evolved and we keep trying to you know, grow it into what people need. So we do keep adapting. One of the other big trends and big topics of conversation we've seen quite a bit about has been supply chain issues and, and, and shortages of, of materials and all this sort of thing that, that's given a lot of people headaches. Do you think that we're gonna see um, an increased emphasis on made in America products and things that people can source and get a little bit easier? Well, okay, so there's no easy answer to this one, but I can only give you the answers that I know at the time, as they say. I don't toss softballs, so, Paul. This is, uh, so the reality of it is this is not going to go away anytime soon. Right. This is, this is going to be here probably for at least another year to two years easy. Uh, this is a really bad problem, and it's not as simple as people think it is. Mm -hmm. There are some technologies that are going to take longer than others to come back. 
uh, it gets more complicated. The automobile industry gets, uh, in some cases, first dibs on some of these components, so they get a priority over other people who normally need similar components. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of supply chain issues. And then you get, unfortunately, there's another thing that people don't realize, which is some people are capitalizing off of this unfortunate situation, right. where um, they know they can make a premium off of hard-to-get parts, so they know they can buy it, sell it at a higher price, and then resell it back into the market, which there does need to be some stuff done to prevent stuff like that from happening because right. it's creating an, an elevator, which is why you see a lot of people raising their price. We've done a really good job at keeping our prices where they are, but as far as the made in the USA part, yeah, we do make about 80% of our products in the USA, mm -hmm. but what a lot of people don't realize is even though you make in the USA, it is a global economy, That's right. and a lot of these parts still come from all over the world. So even though I build it in our factory, uh, and we robotically assemble and everything, we don't have control where the chips are made, where those little caps and resistors and diodes and all those little parts that make it up, they're made in China, they're made in Malaysia, they're made in India, they're made in Vietnam, they're made all over the world. Even metalwork, I know some people say, oh, can you make metalwork in the USA? Not really, it's very expensive to do that in the USA. Uh, so you still have to go to places like Taiwan and China as much as you want to try to avoid it. So while, yes, you can make a lot of it in the USA, in reality, it's impossible to make everything 100% in the USA, so we do rely heavily on what you can get, when you can get it. We're now buying almost a year's worth of parts in advance where we never had to do that before. That's right. So a lot of companies are being put to the test of their capitalization, uh, their resources, their ability. We've made some good partnerships with uh, people who are competitors. We, what do you got? We got stuff we might be able to help you out with. Mm -hmm. So even competitors have become friends lately. Right. Um, which we, at Aurora, we try to get along with everybody we can. But we also try to help each other out. Look at the what, what's the lesser evil, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's really just getting, thinking outside the box and getting clever. And also designing products that can use the parts that are available. So we're very quick and nimble that if we see we're going to have a hard time with the part, we can redesign a product and have it back up and running in six to eight weeks with something that will do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. In some cases, even better. I just designed two new products that it's even better than the first generation and we kept the price the same. Um, didn't want to have to redesign it, but if we wanted to build more of them, guess what I had to do? Had to redesign it. Um, but that's what we've been doing. So we, we're because we're, we're very quick and nimble in what we do. Right. So sometimes when you're the really, really large companies, um, everything takes forever to get something done we can move a lot quicker with the way we're structured. So I can turn around a design very quickly, put it right back into the motions, and mm -hmm. boom, 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 we're, we're shipping them out. That's a, that's a great point. And I think if COVID has emphasized anything, it's the importance of adaptability, flexibility, the, the willingness and ability to be nimble, I think, mm -hmm. has really been emphasized over the last couple of years for sure. Um, Paul, for people that want to stay in touch with Aurora, learn more, you know, get the latest news and that sort of thing and then find out where your booths are at ISE or Infocom. What's the best place for them to reach out, to get in touch, to learn more information? Well, as far as booth numbers, don't ask me to remember that. <laughs> you don't have to look at the camera once in a while. But uh, as far as our website goes, www.auroramultimedia.com or you can do auroramm.com for short if you don't want to spend all that time uh, typing it out. It does have the booth numbers and the information up uh, on there to find out about that show as well as other shows. And some of the products we already discussed and the other new products, you're going to have to wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, dramatic reveal. ISC is coming up May 10th through the 13th in Barcelona with Infocom, June 4th through the 10th in Las Vegas. Paul, thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. Thank you. 
Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cutting Through, a podcast from Aurora Multimedia. For more, of course, visit the website like you heard Paul say. And also, you can stay tuned to the podcast. The best way to do that is subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or of course, visiting the Aurora website, as you heard Paul mention as well. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for Paul Harris, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.